politics has never been stranger or more online, which is why the politics team at Wired is making a new show, Wired Politics Lab. It's all about how to navigate the endless stream of news and information and what to look out for. Each week on the show, we'll dig into far-right platforms, AI chatbots, influencer campaigns, and so much more. Wired Politics Lab launches Thursday, April 11th. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Travis, I've been hearing about a fake ransomware scam. What do you know about it? Uh, This one's actually pretty clever. What it is, is it's called a remote access trojan where it infects your system and makes it look like it's been hit with ransomware. It makes it look like your files have been locked. And while you're panicking over that, it steals all of your files and your data. Hmm. So just keep in mind, friends, that uh, if you hear things that are remote access Trojan, that also is RAT. Right. And this uh, this particular version is called a Strat. S-T-T-R-A-T. Ah, like Jimi Hendrix. No. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Um, that's, and that's just getting sent out uh, through um, Microsoft emails. Uh, it looks like an attachment. It looks like a PDF. You double click on it. It opens up. It installs. And then it uh, adds a little um, suffix to every file on your computer and says, you have, you know, you've been hit with ransomware. Where you haven't, all you would need to do is just change the file name back and you'd get it back. But while you're going through that process, it's taking all the files off of your computer to sell. So this is like the uh, the person who is an accomplice to a bank robbery who has a seizure in the middle of the lobby and then while that's happening the robbery is occurring right or someone who walks up with a fake plastic toy gun while uh, the bank robbers are tunneling into the vault or something like that it's you know or it's some it's like solar winds we know you're all looking at the election but we are using this opportunity to compromise the government and some of the biggest companies in the world and then playing on their relationships with other companies to use that as a pathway in to third level companies. I like the idea. I mean, just the idea that there's they're now using different exploits as a distraction to do other exploits. Well, the whole success in any hacking venture is that people are defenseless and vulnerable when they are distracted. Mm-hmm. And distraction is is the is the constant in all of the hack and scam attacks is, you know, we all have lives. For a business, it's they're working, they're doing their thing. For individuals, it's we work, we work for people. Children, we're helping in terms of school, we're sharing devices, and things happen when we are distracted. And a lot of things happen. As a matter of fact, cybercrime became a $6 trillion business between 2020 and 2021. But Travis, what do you do? Like, so what is, what are you supposed to do instead of fall victim to that distraction? I mean, what, are there some ground rules? Like for me, it's just, I have to ask myself, is this really happening? Is, am I, what am I supposed to do next? And I don't always know the answer. I'd say a big one would just be to disconnect your computer from the internet, um, just first and foremost. So that's just a yeah. good way just to say, okay, if this is, in, in the event that there is something on here that's uh, siphoning off all of my data, 
you could at least stop it there. Um, okay. That's not necessarily a cure-all, of course. I mean, in the case of a ransomware attack, it would still be locked down, and um, you don't really know exactly how much damage was done. But if that were happening, the whole point is they're distracting you long enough to get all the files off your computer. So if you just say, like, all right, let's just take this offline. Um, and if you want to take that even a step further, you can just turn off your computer, take out the hard drive, and then bring it into someone who can help uh, clean it up or even just take a quick look at it. Or take it to a store and have them take the hard drive out, whatever, you know. Exactly, yeah. But Your, just, your um, level of yeah. competency is. But yeah, I mean, I, I would just turn my computer off and I often wonder, you know, does that mean that I've just started, I'm halfway through the process of having my computer completely screwed up because when I restart it, whatever, whatever I downloaded is going to take full effect. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a gamble either way. It, when, once they're on your computer, there's going to be a lot of risk to you and a lot of damage there. But again, I think the uh, one of the main things is in the odd event, in case you happen to get lucky and it is something like a fake ransomware attack, or if it is something that's uh, trying to siphon data, or you have hackers who are about to tell you what they've done uh, in exchange for ransom, if you happen just to take it offline, at, at the bare minimum, you're just able to uh, maybe fend off that sort of attack. But then remember that a lot of times you don't even know they're there until yeah. they give you hints that they're there. So your life distraction could put you in a situation where it takes you a lot longer to find out that you have a problem. And you totally miss the hints in the meantime, so. Yes. I'm Adam Levin and welcome to What The Hack, your place for cyber news, a whole bunch of views, and guys that are good sports. I'm the former director of the New Jersey Division of Consumer Affairs, founder of Cyber Scout, author of the book Swiped, How to Protect Yourself in a World Full of Scammers, Fishers, and Identity Thieves. I'm Bo Friedlander. I am the resident cyber busybody. I like to talk about cyber. I like to think about it. And whenever something happens in the news, I like to read about it. That's about it. I'm Travis Taylor, resident tech guy and caffeine aficionado. Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back. But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way. The Rope Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off. Need support? Rose got you covered every step of the way, and guess what? You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. This spring, get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike with electric e-bike. With an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Plus, every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick, toolless assembly. This is my first ever e-bike, and the experience has just been great. I was a little bit intimidated at first because I hadn't gone biking in a while, but the 500-watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost, especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed. Data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often. That means you get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, 
fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com and please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. So, Adam. Bo? I am really happy and kind of impressed. I, as you know, I've been been for about 18,000 years looking for a house, and I finally found one. Mazel tov. Thank you. Well, so now I've been going through the process of getting a loan on that house, and um, I, I was pretty worried, you know, because you have to send all kinds of things. One of the things that I thought was going to happen didn't happen, which was I thought my information was going to be hanging out all over the place, and they really did have their their uh, chops. They, they understood what was at risk. And when I told them I didn't want to do certain things, they let me do it. So in other words, I was able to password protect all of the PDFs that I was sending to them and give it, give them the passwords via text so that they were from two different places. It would have been very hard to get through. I, I was impressed. It's pretty cool. No, I think the financial services industry is getting a lot tighter on things like this because they understand that the ramifications are very serious if they don't do what they're supposed to do and people have their information exposed. My attorney's office was like, you know, I was wondering when you were going to call because I got the uh, information for wiring money to their escrow account and there was no way in hell I was going to send that money without getting a human being on the phone and saying, your name is such and such. You work at such and such. I dialed this phone number. It is your phone number. This is your account. This is the routing number. And they confirmed everything. But they also were expecting the call. They, I think they would have been surprised if I didn't call. And that just wasn't the case last time around when I did this. Well, I know that, uh, you know, one institution I use has a procedure. You send them an email, then they call you, only you, and then they ask you a few questions. And you know who they are because they're people you've talked to before. And uh, not to say you couldn't get lured in by some kind of a deep fake audio, but they're very good about it. And they go, so have you wired money to this place before? Do you know exactly the person who's the contact person? Uh, have you contacted them and confirmed that these are in fact the wiring instructions? And that's because uh, wire transfer fraud has become such a big deal in this country. It's, it's cost people millions upon millions of dollars. Now to a two investigation involving one of the biggest purchases you'll ever make. Picture this. You found the perfect house, saved thousands for a down payment, and then you lose it all to Internet hackers. Yep. CBS2 investigator Dorothy Tucker found industry leaders are now proposing bold new steps to stop the scammers from stealing your home. A North County couple's American dream quickly turned into a nightmare after wiring nearly $800,000 to who they thought was their escrow agent. Instead, all of that money went to a scammer. Like wiggles, right? Delissa Panganiban has been saving for years to buy the perfect home for her and her children. She saved up $35,000. When it came time to close on the condo, she was instructed, or so she thought, to wire the money. There was a lot of emails going back and forth to the title company. No, and I, I brought it up. You know, I really brought it up because I think that the more people hear what should happen, 
the less likely they're going to fall for things that shouldn't happen, like losing their money through wire transfer. Um, and that's, that, is, that is a story for the week. This week, though, we are going to be talking to... Ed from Manhattan Beach. Hi there. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Adam. Good to be here, of course. Ed, this is Bo. Um, really great to have you here. You guys have great Christmas lights there. Yeah, and I think they actually were screwed up somehow or delayed this year because of the big COVID. But um, we do have great Christmas lights, and they actually sent shoot off fireworks at Christmas, but not on July 4th. Figure that out. It's a very California Christmas. Where, where exactly is Manhattan Beach? It's south of the LA airport, south of LAX. About, we happen to live about 10 or 15 minutes from the airport, which is pretty convenient. Um, what can I tell you? There, there are three beaches in a row that I, I'm not a Californian, but that I grew up hearing about, which are Manhattan Beach, Redondo Beach, and Hermosa Beach. I know this is pretty controversial, but um, which one has the best surfing? Well, I, from personal experience, I wouldn't have the faintest damn idea because <laughs> that's exercise. It's not, that's not me. Uh, I believe Manhattan Beach actually is known for that. I mean, they're out there all the time. It's, to me, it looks incredible. And uh, it's, it's a thing they talk about that's when there aren't like sharks, you know, small stuff like that or, or red tide or no, it's a, it's a big deal thing. Surfing and volleyball. That's the big Manhattan Beach stuff. They have national volleyball tournaments there. And are you a big volleyball player, Ed? No, but I can watch it. It's very exciting. I get really tired out watching, but it's something else. So you had a problem on Facebook, I understand. Yes, I did. Basically, you'll know this word. I think, well, I know I got hacked. My story is or my life after that for about two, two weeks, I think, or so. I didn't really check the dates. I took a lot of notes, not half understanding what I did or not. But for a long period of time was I could not restore, couldn't figure out how I was hacked or how to restore it. Um, first of all, I tried to follow the instructions from Facebook, ran into some dead ends. And then I went to uh, my buddies at the Geek Squad huh. at uh, Best Buy. How did you my buddies know at the Geek Squad that you got hacked? At, what uh, was the first sign? Somebody may have accessed your account. Uh, please follow the following instructions to to restore it. And it looked like it came from Facebook, yeah? It, it did look like it came from Facebook. Uh, and at the time, Facebook then was working. I am both competent and a klutz at doing this stuff, but I think I did it right. And then I got a couple of messages later, your password was changed on a so-and-so date and uh, things like that. But I tried to follow the instructions and I seemed to run into dead ends. Do you know that the notes that you were getting that appeared to be from Facebook, do you know Right now, as I ask you, do you know, were they from Facebook or were they from a hacker pretending to be Facebook? The answer is no, I don't know that. I was, hmm. I was, and I, in retrospect, convinced that they were, but interesting question. Well, let's ask, let's ask Travis what he thinks about that. Travis? Yes. So you've heard the story. What do you, what do you, what would be your, your, your take on that? I'd say one of the uh, first things uh, to do in that instance, um, and Ed, I'm not sure if you did this, is to take a look at the, um, if it was a message that you received uh, through email, is just to take a look at the domain that it came from. Um, it's not that email domains can't be faked, but in a lot of cases, if it says something like facebookpasswordreset.com or facebookadministrator.com or something like that, and not facebook.com itself, that's usually something that um, is a pretty good indicator that someone's running a, a scam of some sort. And the other thing too that I tend to do um, if I ever get any of those messages is to just copy and paste the text into Google 
and you look that up, and in a lot of cases it'll say, there's a new scam running around right now, or going around right now with Facebook. And uh, this is what the message will say. And those are two things that are usually just good ways to uh, just do a quick little um, quick check just to make sure that uh, something's on the level. It's very good advice. I've done that in the past, but I didn't um, didn't do that now. I Yeah, I was gullible or whatever, believing that it was Facebook. Was there an urgency? I'm just curious. Like, Did the messages give you a feeling of urgency? Were they did it provoke a response right away on my part? You know, yeah, I mean, were they oftentimes when when a hacker is trying to get a, a knee jerk reaction, they will say something to to you know elicit that response from you, and 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 that and gets you off your balance so that you don't check, so that you don't do the the next step, which is to Google the address or whatever. I would say no. I would say it seemed measured. It seemed like the kind of message it would come from Facebook. It didn't say you know, give us your social security number and we'll we'll fix everything up for you. No, it seemed like a normal thing, and I don't have can't remember the exact wording, but it said something about, you'll need to answer a few questions to establish or whatever. When I did that, I ran into a, into a wall. Uh, just to clarify for a second, did that come to you through email or through Facebook Messenger? Email. Email, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I, quite sure it was email. So what happened when you hit that wall? Were you locked out of your Facebook account? Not immediately, but shortly thereafter, probably after I tried to do something, I got someone may have accessed your account, uh, something like that. I'm looking at my notes and uh, to prevent something or other, we're, we're preventing access or something. So again, somebody may have access, it appears somebody may have accessed your account and it's, we're, it's, we're, we're making it no longer visible, something like that. Huh. I would rely on you guys. Does that sound like familiar messaging from Facebook? We're making it no longer visible. With the I, again, wording. that's no, not the exact something. No, like so, that. so, so I wonder, I wonder if uh, I have another. Oh, here, okay, here, I, just, I, wait, I did, excuse me, but I have, yeah. I found my notes here. It looks like someone may have accessed your Facebook account. To secure your account, you'll need to answer a few questions and change your password next time you go to Facebook. That's the first response. That sounds about right. That sounds, that sounds legitimate. Right. Yep. And that began my journey. And then afterwards, like later that day, I think I got another message. I don't remember the wording, but it said something about that visible thing. They basically told me nobody could see me anymore. Up until then, people could. Could you? Yes, I could. And I checked with my wife and she saw me up there. Did anyone, I don't want to know how many friends you have, but do you have, let's just say, do you have more than 50 friends on Facebook? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. Did any of those people you're friends with on Facebook say they had heard from you when you had not reached out to them? No, I did not get that message. I didn't, I didn't, I should have done that. I didn't probe them because shortly after what we're talking about, I could no longer get in touch with them on Facebook. And I didn't think of picking up the phone or writing an email to the people because, you know, among my 300 friends or something, I could have called a few and said, is anything screwy come through? Later on in my story, you'll hear that I was I was restored on my laptop, but not on my phone. And nobody since then, I said, I'm back now, but only on my phone, said in a better way than that. But people said, sorry, nobody said, yeah, but I got screwy messages from you. Hmm. So, so probably there was none of that. Um, what, what, happened, what happened next in your journey of trying to get back onto Facebook? I tried to follow their instructions. I didn't get anywhere. And, and, and honestly, this is why I'm apologizing. Can't give you the blow by blow. But at some point, I tried to do what they did what they said to do and hit another roadblock. I started being asked to change my password to uh, sign in a certain way. And then they said I had to authentic I set up two-way authenticate or something or other. And I had to go to an authenticator to get a code uh -huh. and could not figure out 
how to get there. And this is now both me trying it on myself, but mostly me now having gone to Best Buy and having them do it because they've taken at that point they've taken over my laptop. Um, now stop there. I, I got to ask you to stop there for because I do have a question, and um, I think you guys both just heard this. And you don't have to get into exactly what happened, but whoever hacked you had they they did you say they had taken over your computer at this point? No, no. That thing that I read to you was a message from Facebook that said. It looks like someone may have accessed your Facebook account. To secure your account, you'll need to answer a few questions, and you can change your password the next time you go to Facebook. That's that's what I said. No, yeah, no. But when you were talking to the geeks, you said something about they had taken over your computer. Maybe I misheard you. Well, their their guess. No, that's me. That's my terminology. But um, they were saying things like someone may have accessed your account, and hacker may have changed your password and enabled two-step authorization. Uh, hacker. Kept a something a stronger authorization so we can't get in. Again, these are random random comments. No, I. That's that's what I was told. So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works, not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing, and I need to make split-second financial decisions, and that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks, and I trade options, and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I will tell you that this time with Geek Squad was... The hours may be wrong, but a couple of hours on the phone with, you know, the phone, sorry, 800 Geek Squad, whatever it is, at which point they kind of gave up. The person kind of gave up and said, you probably somebody in the store can do a better job with you. Many hours with that person in the store over a couple of days, including him re-realizing that you cannot reach Facebook live in any way. You cannot reach a real human being. But after a lot of searching, he found, said, I found an address where I can write a note. And they'll get back to you in 24 hours. So we, we closed school for 24 hours. I came back to the store, nothing. And then he spent more hours on this kind of a thing. And uh, we never did get a communication back from them confirming what he did. What, and I will tell you that not only did these people spend a lot of time, they seemed to know what they were talking about. But what I heard a couple of times was, this happens a lot. It should be a simple fix. And it isn't. 
that was quite concerning. So, um, but they tried hard. But as you know, I'm sure you know, there's no way to communicate directly with the big FB. No, there there isn't. Now, so was there? Did it, was that the end of the story? You you got back uh, onto Facebook, it's, or it's it's a long story. I uh-huh. I started I started with the 800 number. I went into the store. I came back to the store. Each of these each of these touch points is hours. At some point, something we were doing, we had to try two or three times. It didn't work. And then we got a message that said, you've made too many attempts or too many tries. Please yeah. wait. And locked out. out. Well, we waited a couple hours. We waited overnight. We waited because the guy wasn't going to be back. This is with the guy in the store. We waited. Or maybe I waited and then went back online. You know, they do keep a file of me on me. Um, two or three days. And that didn't solve much. Over a week or so, I probably went online four or five times, back to the store once. And finally, after that period of time, somebody did something after hours, got me in. We, we solved it. And I did get back into, into Facebook. And I was rejoicing. <laughs> and I thanked him a lot. I wrote him a nice little research thing that came, by after, came around afterwards. And then I realized it was not restored on my phone. And I didn't want to mess with that, so I held off. And I have now been able to use Facebook at a much lower level on purpose via my laptop, still not restored on my phone. That's been about a week or two. I had a, I had a learning out of this whole thing, and it was that uh, I didn't have to, I didn't need Facebook as much as I did. In those periods of times when, as I mentioned before, I left the store, I got offline, and we were going to wait eight hours or two days or over the weekend and try again. My stress level went way down. <laughs> my stress level from where it was when we were trying to solve it. And I said, number one, I'm less stressful. I'm not thinking about it. And number two, you know, it hasn't been that bad. It was kind of a relief. I still wanted to get it back, but I didn't feel awful like I can't wait to get back and try to get me back on. So when I got it back on my laptop and it's restored, it seems to be working fine, but not on my phone. And that's reduced the amount of time purposefully that I've been on Facebook. It's been good. I have a whole learning from that and that is all kinds of things how much time i waste on facebook how little time i think people missed me based on what they said when i got back i mean i put out a little funny message saying you've probably noticed the lack of dog photos and bad puns because that's basically a lot of what i do so i learned the value of that as well and nobody came back and said i missed you a lot (laughs) so I, 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 I equated this to the signs of grief. I actually wrote those down, you know, the, whatever her name was, a woman that had the various signs of grief. Kubler-Ross. Kubler-Ross. Yeah, I, yeah, I missed Kubler-Ross. There were actually, she had five, but there were seven. There were 12 people have worked on it. Shock and denial, pain and guilt, anger and bargaining, depression, the upward turn, reconstruction and working through, and acceptance and hope. She, Kubler-Ross said, her symptoms, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And I looked at those and I said, is this what you went through, Ed? And I said, no, I had slightly different steps, but it kind of felt the same. But I tried to write down my stages as opposed to her stages, uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. My first one was shock, no denial. And then I had that confidence that I could fix things. Then my next one was failure. Then my next one, as you heard, was faith in others then interminable failures to fix, frustration. I'm sure she wouldn't have written this way. Endless time suck. <laughs> and <laughs> periods of, and then this is the big one, periods of unexpected relief. Then mm. I, I used somebody else's term, upward turn, partial reconstruction, less time with the app and no loss or concern with, miss, with on my part with missing out. And my last step is I'm cool with the way things are now. I mean, at some point, I, at some point I want to restore my phone thing. 
but I know, I think I know myself enough. If it's on my phone, I'll be on it much more than I want to. I'm, I'm on my phone a lot more than I am on my laptop. So that's where the real time suck happened in the past. But I, I went through all this pain and grief. And then somewhere in the middle, I realized, why am I painting? Why am I grieving? I haven't lost the ability to communicate with the people I really care about. And, uh, you know, it's a cliche to say, but some things are more important than others. And I got a little bit more done in my life than I would have. So you went through withdrawal. I went through withdrawal, right. Yeah. I had the methadone of spare time on my own. I don't know what. Yes, I went through withdrawal, but then I got out of withdrawal. And now that you're in recovery, do you spend less time on Facebook? I do. First of all, technically, logistically, I'm, I can only do it on my laptop. I'm not always in front of my laptop. And also, everything I've learned is, you know, if I would have an instinct now to go, let me check Facebook. In the old days, I would have done it. Now I don't. I do. It might be some other waste of time on the computer, but I don't go to Facebook. Did you uh, did you lose any data through all of the, any of this? I mean, no, I did not lose any data in going through these various steps with people, you know, taking over my screen online and so on. At one point, there's a place where it shows a little photograph that's at the top of your Facebook page. So I knew it was me. Believe it or not, there are many or a bunch of other Ed Davidses, but we found the one that's me. And uh, somehow underneath it, it shows the email address and it had my two email addresses, the one that I had Facebook on, the one somewhere midstream, they asked me to change my email address and I did. And then there was a third one with, uh, you know, like a first letter J and then four asterisks and then an M with like eight asterisks at hotmail.com or something. And we all said, aha, that's probably the person that took over your account. And uh, that's the only indication I had that I was legitimately hacked. There's an oxymoron for you. Sure is. Yeah. And <laughs> and uh, we never found out who that was, but that showed me it has to be somebody who's there that shouldn't be there. So it's got to be that person. And you're sure that email, that Hotmail, you never had a Hotmail email. Oh, no, no. And then my, my name doesn't start with a J. It was literally some person's name, J and four or five wow. asterisks and then some letter with it. It was a name. And when you were looking at everything, you know, again, dispassionately, coolly, calmly, <laughs> especially as you were now withdrawing and evaluating your Facebook life. Did you see anything on the site where you said, you know, if I had to do it over again, maybe that's the kind of information I shouldn't have put on the site? I'm thinking about it. No, I, I can't think of anything. And, you know, I'm kind of sensitive to that, Adam. I, I'm pretty good about not doing that. I don't publish passwords. I don't put addresses, phone numbers. I'm even careful about not doing that for people I'm communicating to. I don't think I opened that kind of portal for them to do it. Did you know every at every moment that you were going through this saga of getting back onto Facebook, did you know um, everyone who was getting remote access? I mean, were, were these people that you'd communicated with via the telephone and were satisfied they were the people you had hired to help? Oh, yeah, sure. I, it was, I was literally in the store in front of a geek or on the phone okay. calling 800 Geek Squad or whatever that number is. So you no. didn't have like someone in your computer with a remote takeover at any point? No, no, no. Great. Okay. That's often, just so you know, uh, uh, that is a pretty common scam where where uh, a hacker or uh, some kind of online criminal will get in touch with you and, and either cause a problem on your computer or claim that you have a problem that hasn't yet uh, inconvenienced you on your computer. And they just need access for a moment to uh, address it and people will fall for it. And when those people are in your computer, they're actually looking for passwords and to oh, exf sure, exfiltrate yeah. data. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting to your bank account. I'm pretty aware of that. I mean, I, I, I hope I'm smart enough not to have fallen for that, but you never know. I don't think in this case I did that, but. Uh, 
Doesn't sound like it, no. No. Adam, passwords. How come it always comes back to that? Because unfortunately, we're everybody seems to prefer to operate on passwords as opposed to using password managers. They don't really use two-factor authentication as much as they should. And yeah. sometimes just forgetting your password can can really put you in a world of hurt. I mean, I had an instance once where I totally forgot my password to my password manager. And it was weeks before I could figure out a way to get back in. And torture, and torture. Torture. You know, this multi-factor authentication really does help. But when somebody's not tech savvy, I, I do think that a, that just a simple biometric, like a fingerprint, you know, a touch or a face uh, uh, verification, could be very helpful, and yet it's just not adopted. No, but one of the one of the takeaways from this also, and this may not relate to you directly, but it certainly relates to uh, a lot of people who will be listening to this, is that too often people post information about themselves on social media, on Facebook, that will give clues as to answers to security questions. Uh, so that's why people have to be very careful, not only with what they post, but when they do create security questions and answers to those questions, lie like a superhero. Never give the real answer. No dog names. Mm-mm. No mother's name. Or use a name. fake dog's name and, and next time. Fake dog's them. name is perfect, yeah. And, and then you used it just, you got to remember what you what the fake that, name was. That's and it. Then don't, the next time up. Don't be so creative that you, you forget what you just created, and then you get shut out of your account. Yeah, well, that's that's sort of the whole discussion about passwords, too. I mean, I have so many passwords. I came up with all these devices to remember them, and that could be the root of my problem, too. But not Facebook passwords. But, but then you should get a password manager. I'm, I'm, I, you know, that's one of the lessons I learned, too. Was it called one password? Well, there's one pass, last pass, dash lane, and the list goes on and on and on. Just make sure that whatever you use, you're paying for it. Because if you don't pay for it, you will pay for it. Hundred <laughs> percent, like Adam said. I mean, you're the product. If you're if you're if you're not, if you're getting it for free, they're getting something out of you. Ah, uh, that's true. Travis, did you did you what did you think happened there? If you were to like kind of Monday morning Monday morning quarterback. I'd say the closest thing to a smoking gun there was the fact that there was another email address. Um, that in and of itself is really suspicious. And that's something that you can do if you, say, want to compromise an account and then come back onto it later uh, if you have another use for it, for instance. And I think people, I think there are definitely some scammers on Facebook who uh, probably farm and cultivate accounts to be used for various purposes here, there, and, and later. Right. And it could have been one of those things where they're waiting for some bitcoin run or something like that or any anything with like crypto uh that that happened on twitter before where they had a whole bunch of compromised accounts all at once say hey send a cryptocurrency to this address and i'll double it that could have been just something of a a hacker kind of just doing the equivalent of saving it for later it could also be you know if somebody gets in there and I, i i mean i i think of like the more intricate hacks where um somebody can do the same thing on facebook look at your messages and figure out who is doing what and how to scam them. And so it, it, it could be that the other shoe just didn't drop and they messed up something. There are some services that are linked right now into Facebook Messenger. So what they could be doing is um, getting into the account and just saying, okay, does this person um, communicate through Messenger for this service? Uh, even yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, anything that could have been compromising. So he could have just gotten very lucky there. 
Hey, thank you so much, Ed, for, for uh, joining us today. You're a good sport. Thank you for sharing your journey. And it was quite a journey. Yeah, I did learn. I, I, you know, it's a positive. I'm back on Facebook. That kind of little itch is there. But I learned a lot about how unimportant it really is. Indeed. Thanks a lot, Ed. Bye now. Bye. What the Hack with Adam Levin is a production of Loud Tree Media. It's produced by Andrew Stephen, the man with two first names. You can find us online at loudtreemedia.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Adam K. Levin.